This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Kevin Wilson, welcome to Viral Jesus. Evangelism is simply showing up where God has already shown up. And you don't know that. You don't know where God has already shown up. So the only thing that you and I have control over, and this is what I do, is you you just be the best that you can with whatever you're doing and let your work speak for itself and prioritize connection over conversion. Prioritize compassion over condemnation. These are the mental shifts that people need to make when they are creating content online. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. As a professor of communication at Andrews University, one of my favorite courses to teach is social media, hence this podcast. I want to read you a quote from an article in Bustle titled, The Rise of Christian TikTok. According to Evie Lyons, VP of Marketing at influencer marketing firm Tracker, Christian TikTok, as measured by hashtags like hashtag Christian, hashtag Jesus, and hashtag saved, drove more than 169 million engagements in 2020. Lyons says there are over 1,790 active influencers operating in that space, and many of them have been making Christianity-centric content for less than a year, a testament to how quickly the niche has grown. The article opens with a quote from a 17-year-old girl in Canada named Liana Gordon. I want to read to you what Liana says. She says, God used TikTok to save me. Our guest today is someone who has been trending all over TikTok, Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson is a young adult's youth pastor in California who has grown a significant following, 200,000 followers on TikTok, and he's not doing it by preaching but by making chai tea. Through his stories about his multicultural upbringing being born in Sri Lanka, he shares his passion for chai and compassion. So I am super excited about our guest today. It's Kevin Wilson. We went to the same university, actually. And, and Kevin, I was watching a YouTube video of you with Justin Koo, who we've actually had on the show as well. And you guys were having a conversation, and you were talking about how you have to be very careful of how you say things online, specifically with your guys' platforms. And so I wanted to ask you, what does it look like to be a pastor who has this massive TikTok presence and how how are you careful as you articulate those messages about the gospel online uh that's a great question heather and uh, honestly it's something that i'm i'm considering right now and that's something that i'm wrestling with right now because yeah most uh, a considerable part of my a portion of my my followership online is non-christian um as a matter of fact there are people who are who never step into a church who some for some reason uh on my tiktok and uh, which is which has been which is which is awesome actually. So how have how have I been able to do this? Uh, maybe a couple of things. Number one, I've had to uh, I've had to really kind of dig deep and try to understand what the gospel really is, 
and mm. this this has been this whole journey for me going being being online and being a pastor and and using something like chai to to do to create content has caused me to just revisit uh, theology revisit uh, my pictures of who jesus is revisit what he told about how to how to interact with the other whoever the other is so 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 let me backtrack a little bit the, so the more that i've been able to understand the gospel the more i see the raw jesus at, you know in action the way of jesus the more i'm convinced that the gospel and the way of jesus has all or if not uh, it has all the all the right materials the raw materials to kind of construct this amazing worldview in which loving the other and approaching the other is uh is not only uh, encouraged but becomes inevitable you just because you just see this you, you, i begin to see the gospel as this this amazing life operating system that when then when everything all and all of these things are kind of uh, they when, when the mind and the and the heart and and the actions all that stuff find their place within this life mm. operating system then love for other just becomes this almost direct outflow of of this thing and so 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 that really animates whatever i do online and and that's kind of been like the north star when it comes to uh, my scripting stories or anything that i do that's probably one one way in which that i've been trying to learn how to navigate um the the different crowds of people there but also to also understand that that every single person has something that's very sacred and that's their story mm. you know every single person has a story that i have no idea about i have my story and like not everybody knows my story they only know the things that i want them to see right mm. and so the fact that stories are sacred that has also allowed me to to step into their stories and have this knee jerk reaction of jumping into their story in order to understand them being like the first thing that i do whenever i uh, encounter some some a comment or a perspective that's very different from my own so so yeah those two things gospel and then the understanding that everybody has a story but they also but both of them are interrelated tell us about your journey how did you even get you must be like a professional editor how did you decide to get started on tiktok <laughs> uh okay so i think it was around i think it was the february of of last year february 2020 i saw some of my youth sharing these short form video content uh, and they had there was a logo on it says tiktok and i was really curious as to what this was and i went to when did when i did a i did a quick um, research google research to find out that this is another platform that's that's i don't know if it's trying to compete with everything else but it was just another platform and the and the closest thing that i could think of as i was going through uh, the app itself was that this is maybe a replacement to to vine and i know you remember vine these extremely short <laughs> videos but the more i consumed content on tiktok i just knew that this is going to be something big because the way the mm, app was constructed yes. the way the information has been is processed through the app uh, it, it was actually uh, i i haven't i haven't seen anything like this before but i was very hesitant to create something on this because i was already at the time i was um, i was pretty active on uh, on youtube so i was creating content there so i was like man there's mm. no way that i have time to create uh, create content for another app there's absolutely no way 
But this one time, I was this, I was uh, I was making chai uh, at home and uh, decided to document this process on Instagram mm-hmm. through my Instagram stories. And then I had a, I had some time somewhere in February. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Let me see if I can just stitch these stories and put a voiceover it voice voiceover over it to narrate the recipe and put it on TikTok. I had zero expectations. I did not, I mean, I did not do this because I wanted to be a chai influencer or any of this stuff. I just wanted to put it out there. And I did. Nothing happened for the next day. But then the following day, my notifications started to blow up. And the video was going viral. <laughs> Every hour, it was like a couple of hundred views, a couple of hundred followers, a couple of thousand views, just every hour as I, re- I was refreshing. And I've never seen anything like this before. And so and I saw the comments and everybody was just like, oh, we need more chai content. And then I co- went on a quick research thing on, on TikTok to see if there's any other people who are doing chai content online. And I couldn't find a single person who's doing explicitly chai-based content. So yeah, I was just like, oh, this is interesting. So let me just see if I can, you know, put more of this stuff. People, let's give the give the people what they want and see see what happens. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was February, and uh, the rest was history, honestly. And I've just been playing around with TikTok, playing around with chai based content. The elevator pitch for my channel is that I want to help people use homemade, authentic homemade chai as a meaningful practice in their lives. Mm. So that's just kind of the big kind of like overall vision behind the channel and so under this kind of banner there's so many there's different types of content there there's different playlists so i do just strictly chai videos or recipe videos but then the bread and butter of my content is me making chai but then telling a story in the background and so those things those those content seem to do really really well and we can talk about all of that later on but so that's so those are those uh, and then i've also been doing uh, duets uh, where I'm reacting to some other people making chai. And uh, so, yeah, all of these contents just kind of, all of these playlists just have has formed this this amazing community of chai-loving humans from all <laughs> walks of life. And it's actually pretty amazing. So why chai? How did that come up for you? Have you always loved chai? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Sri Lankan. I grew up in Sri Lanka. I was born there and uh, lived there till I was about 12 years. And then I moved to the Middle East to a country called Oman. And so for the first, you know, you know, took to uh, 18 years, first 18 years, 20 years of my life, you know, I was uh, uh, growing up with uh, in South Asia and in the Middle East, uh, chai and, and, and tea, milk tea specifically, was such a core part of my culture and upbringing. I remember my dad making tea for us, you know, in my language, you call it tetani, which is a, another word for chai. Uh, chai literally means tea, by the way, in Hindi. And oh. so that's why chai tea is redundant, but that's a oh, whole different. Oh, I didn't different- know that, Kevin. You've just taught me something. I had no idea. No, it's just, I know. I have, I have, I have told, I've said this a million times. You just haven't seen any of the content yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not heard you say that. Okay. So, so it's yeah, tea yeah. tea. Exactly. So when people said chai tea, <laughs> I just kind of chuckle a little bit because um, anyhow. So, so, <laughs> so chai uh, is tea. Literally, that's what it means. And. But when they when people say chai, they're also talking about a specific type of tea, which is like which is probably spiced milk tea, um, like a spiced latte. Okay. That's the closest thing to chai, but it still still misses the mark. 
but but it's okay. It's an approximation, but we'll, we'll go with it. It's fine. But I grew up with it. I grew up with that stuff. And my dad was making that stuff for me. And so I started to make it when I came to the States, kind of as a way to connect to my family, uh, kind of as a way to connect to my roots a little bit more. When I was 18, I came to the States and I came here by myself, you know, two suitcases and a backpack. It's that typical immigrant story from South Asia uh, by myself. And it was just trying to figure out how to live life here. And I really wanted to connect to family, connect to home. And so so chai for South Asians is not just a beverage. It's not just a, a caffeine hit. It's a symbol for things like community and hospitality. It also represents mm. our lineage of struggle. Um, a, chai comes at the intersection of just our, our histories as South Asians as we've interacted with, you know, the British rule and colonization. And so it's just over a cup, you know, there's just so many things that you can talk about. And every time someone invites over somebody for chai, you know, they're basically saying, you're one of us. You're part of us. Like you're mm. your family now. Yeah. And it's over chai. That, like, I have goosebumps. And it's over chai that people really share their lives and their stories. And so, so that's kind of what I wanted to really get into um, when I want to make chai based content. I I didn't want this to be a food channel. It's more, it's, it's a lot more than just a beverage (laughs) or a food channel. It's hopefully it's more than that. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19, and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, You partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today. I think it's absolutely become a lot more than that because how many followers are you at now at TikTok? I think it's over 200,000. Uh, almost. I'm at 190.4. thousand <laughs> people. So I think it is safe to say, Kevin, that this is about more than just chai and that there's a reason people have really connected to you. I have seen you not just on TikTok, but on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, people sharing your videos saying, who is this guy? I I think somebody even said like my favorite thing to do is to watch this guy make chai tea. Why do you think people have so connected with you in such a massive response way? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, I think one of the reasons is because of the stories. You know, when when I when I share stories from my life and from my South Asian culture, from a Christian South Asian perspective, I have people on my DM saying things like, yo, I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are people saying, wait, you're, you're a Christian and a Sri Lankan? 
because there's this kind of idea within South Asian cultures that if you are a Christian, you have adopted the religion of the colonizer. And so, mm. and so there's that baggage, right? And so people, to be Hindu or to be Muslim is more normal if you're South Asian, but to be Christian, you're like, ooh, that's the religion of the colonizer. That's the religion of the oppressor. Mm. What are you still doing with this stuff? And so um, I haven't seen any Christian South Asian being more vocal. Um, and so a lot of people, one of the reasons a lot of people have been kind of flocking to, you know, my little corner of the world is because I think they are, they are able to maybe find vocabulary to find language and to find expression to, you know, describe their own sentiments as a South Asian Christians or just South Asians in general. And so, uh, so I think that's one of the reasons my philosophy when it comes to content is that I want to create what I want to crave. Like I want to give what I need. And so, mm-hmm. so that's why I, 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 that's why I write the stories because this is the story that I wish I knew. This is the story that I wish I heard when I was 18 years old when I, when I came to the States. Like this is the story that I wish I heard when I was um, in college by myself, like the only uh, South Asian in a sea of different groups of people. So, so these things really inform my scripts. And so I think one of the reasons why people come is because of the stories. And I also think that, you know, I, people typically use the duet feature on TikTok to tear somebody else down, down on TikTok. It's just, it's so, it's just so brutal. And so whenever I started to uh, right. duet other people making chai, and some of them were not, <laughs> they were not good. <laughs> but the way, but apparently this is the way I reacted to that. Uh, people were just like, yo, I wish, they would say things like, I wish you were my older brother, or I wish you were my pastor. That's the crazy thing. There would be there would be people saying things like, "Yo, if you were my pastor, I would not not have left the church. Mm. If you were my youth leader, you know, I would have still given Christianity a shot." And things like that. And I'm just like, "That's insane. This is really crazy." And um, right. and so the people, especially during the pandemic, I think they wanted a place where they felt like, you know, what I just want to. I just want to be here right now. Just there's so much noise. Just want to make see this good dude make mm. tea and and just kind of chill here a little bit. And, that's, <laughs> and I wanted to kind of create the space for people, like these exhausted scrollers on TikTok, for them to just kind of uh, stop and um, and just take a break. Tell me about your spiritual journey. As you say, it's odd to be from Sri Lanka and be a Christian. How how did you become a Christian? Yeah. So I was uh, I was born into a Seventh Day Adventist household. My my parents were not. Mm. My mom was Hindu. Actually, she grew up in a Hindu household in in Sri Lanka. Uh, and when she was twelve years old, she listened to an evangelistic series by a local evangelist who had come, and uh, she was the, she was asked to be the translator uh, for the series because she was really good at translating it. So. She after the end of the series, she just went and told her parents, uh, "Okay, well, I I think I'm going to be Christian because this makes sense." <laughs> at 12 years old, which mm-hmm. is crazy. So that's what that's that was my mom's faith wow. journey. And so, yeah, and my and my dad uh, was grew up kind of nominal Catholic, but didn't really practice. But they met. My parents met at a Adventist high school in Sri Lanka and that's where they became baptized and so by the time my sister and I showed up I we were already a part of like this this young kind of Adventist family mm. 
but i remember growing up in sri lanka i always felt like i had to explain myself or explain my my religion to other people because for one we were the only adventists uh, for a while uh in my family among my extended family members because most of my mom's side were hindu most of my dad's side were catholic or non adventist and so we always felt like okay we needed to you know to kind of exp- exp- explain ourselves um and so that really shaped my understanding of the gospel you know at an early age i was almost forced to just think about words and think about phrases and 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 ways to explain my christianity to other people and that even became more so when i went to the middle east in oman where the majority of, of people my friends were, were muslim and so all of these experiences really shaped my understanding of the gospel to the point where for the longest time i've called myself a cross culture christian and that's my brand cross culture christian in the in, mm. in other words you know yeah. i'm a, i'm a christian across different cultures but also there's this kind of understanding that the cross is the one constant between all of these different areas that kind of unites everything that i wow. say or do and so that's why i haven't changed my branding to like let's say a chai guy or anything because chai is something that i do but cross culture christian is who i am and um so so mm. so that's that's really affect uh so those are some of the things that's uh changed my or affected my uh, religion my religious upbringing but yeah in in south asia in sri lanka in particular most of them are buddhists and um and if you if you're a content creator online right now most south asians as as far as i know from my little corner of the world most of them are not christian and so I'm I I I'm kind of on on this like parallel journey of trying to contextualize or or maybe reframe would be a better word reframe what Christianity looks like or contextualize Christianity looks like as a South Asian Christian right now in my spaces mm. and I'm not intentionally doing that I'm not put putting content to intentionally do that but I see that as kind of this like this parallel journey parallel process that's happening as i am right. putting content about chai and it's it's been a it's been an interesting ride so far do you ever have people in your comments that are mad that you bring up god or you bring up the gospel or has it been oh there's always people positive? being mad yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there's always that's the internet right oh yeah yeah and you know this too i mean um you know you you both content creators online not not as often recently but but whenever a video goes viral and even if i have a hint of the gospel in there yeah i get it you know they're like oh you, how come you're a, how come you're a pastor how come how come you're a christian or uh okay yeah let's all worship your sky daddy together <laughs> and there's just a whole bunch of stuff that comes along yeah I've, and a part of the part of the journey of being a content creator online is just kind of learning how to navigate through those things. And let me ask you, know? you then, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you the flip side of that. Yeah. Do you ever have Christians who feel like you're not branding yourself Christian enough? They want more hardcore gospel being delivered in these videos. Yes. Yeah. Uh I have uh, that group that that group as well. So, it's interesting. <laughs> the two groups that are mostly vocal on my comment section uh whenever a video goes viral are those two groups that you just mentioned. The one group is oh wow the I don't want anything to do with Christianity. Christianity religion is toxic. Uh all of the you know uh, yeah that group of people who just don't want even have to nothing to do with Christianity, okay? 
so anti-Christian. And on the other end, the people who also give me grief are people who are super Christian. <laughs> who are just like, uh, yeah, you're diluting the gospel. You are, this is my favorite, you're being lukewarm. Um, you are mm. not giving, you're not preaching the entire truth or the whole truth. You're not bringing them the gospel. Oh, yeah, I get that from both those groups. Yeah, pretty consistently. What would you say to somebody, for example, like let's say somebody is wanting to do like content about making videos about video games or something, and they happen to be a Christian. Do you think, and I'm I'm just asking your personal opinion, do you think that there's a responsibility to always spiritualize all of our content if we're content creators and we're Christian? Or can some things just be what they are? And this is probably something you're wrestling with right now, but I'm just curious for your thoughts on that. <sighs> Yeah, uh, I'm trying to pull up this this quote by M- Martin Luther. Actually, great. So uh, a cobbler converted to Christianity, and he asked the German theologian Martin Luther how he could be a good Christian cobbler. Then Luther responds by saying this: "The Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes, because God is interested in good craftsmanship." Mm. And I just really like that. I love that quote because it it's one of those it's one of the few quotes that's really informed how I see what I do online. I'm not putting I'm not putting little crosses on the the videos that I'm making. Mm. I not every video that, not every video is intended to convert. You know, I actually think that connection is what we're supposed to do. Conversion is the work mm-hmm. of the spirit. As a Christian content creators online, I think we need to make that shift. The sooner we make that shift, the better it is for us because we always feel like, and I'm speaking I'm speaking to a 16, 17, 18-year-old uh, Kevin right now. Like there's this kind of, this this pressure that like you have to make, everything that you have, that you post, everything that you do has to be overtly intended for the purpose of evangelism. And by evangelism, I mean bringing them closer to Jesus by preaching them or describing a certain theological narrative intended for that specific purpose. But that view of evangelism is so narrow because like if someone, if someone saw something that you did online or a tweet that you posted or some chai video that I made and said, I really like that video. And you made me think about, Mm -hmm. you made me think about my life a little bit more. Guess what? That's evangelism. Mm. They went from point A to point A point zero 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 one. That's evangelism. But for some reason, we've kind of told ourselves that unless they go through the entire thing of getting baptized and getting going through repentance and mm. and and just like leaving their entire community for the sake of the new mm. community, that none of this stuff has changed in their lives. That's that's not true at all. This this is how I say it. I say excellence is evangelism. Do the thing that God has placed in your life, whatever it is, with your teaching, teach. If you're a cobbler, make good shoes. If you are a chef, make that baking really, really good. If you are into underwater basket mm-hmm. weaving, do that really, really well. That is evangelism. Wow. Excellence is evangelism. And, uh, and I also think that evangelism is simply showing up where God has already shown up. And you don't know that. You don't know where God has already shown up. So the only thing that you and I have control over, and this is what I do, is you you just be the best mm. that you can with whatever you're doing. 
and let your work speak for itself and prioritize connection over conversion. Prioritize compassion over condemnation. Mm. These are the mental shifts that people need to make when they are creating content online. Give this whole, the, yeah, conversion, all this stuff. Just let the, let God deal with that. Let God deal with that. You can't, You that's not your job. Your job is to be excellent at your craft, connect with people and create spaces where people can come and share space with you. And facts don't change people's minds. This is something that I've realized recently. Facts, I really don't think facts mm. are changing people's minds as much as friendship does. And so when people... Uh, coming, so whenever people come to my comment section, when people are hitting me up on a DM, especially people wow. are, who are like, are you doing, are you, are you, you're not preaching enough truth, this and that. You know, I try as much as possible to just engage, engage them um, and, and, and create a space where even both of us, as much as possible, both of us are heard and the other person is seen and heard. And it's so hard to do because empathy is messy. Empathy is so hard to do. People glamorize that thing. It's like, oh, yeah, have compassion, have empathy. Come on, it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do. But mm. especially online when you don't see that person. But but that's 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 the calling of the gospel. You got it. It's messy. Um, and just go with it. And so, yeah, that's, I don't know. I said a lot of different things, but I don't know if right. any of that stuff made sense. No, I want to affirm what you just said, though, um, because something we teach, actually, I teach persuasion and something that is a part of persuasion theory is that you don't win arguments, you win affection. Mm. And the whole goal in communication isn't to win the argument because people's brains actually don't work logically. We are very emotionally driven. So you should always be trying to win people's affection. And once you win affection, now you can start talking about arguments. I'm totally stealing that. Love it. So that was great. You saying that. Well, Kevin Wilson is on TikTok. You can join the almost 200,000 people who follow him at Cross Culture Christian. He's on TikTok. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. Kevin, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. And thank you for your excellence in evangelism. I like to end each episode with a little segment I call Growing Viral, and this is where I scour the Viral Jesus hashtags on all of our social channels and look for someone who maybe you haven't heard of yet, but you should certainly be following as they grow viral. Today, we talk to the creators of the Pocket Pulpit. So first of all, I am so excited because we have Sarah and Hector, who I know from Twitter. Hector, I have commented on your love life on Twitter, so I am so excited to have you here. And they started a ministry together through a podcast called The Pocket Pulpit. Can you tell me about that? Uh, yeah. So Sarah and I, we met on Twitter. We kind of back and forth between, you know, we, we had seen each other in threads and movie nights and then kind of knowing that both of us are wait wait you can't just say movie nights and then keep going what do you t what do you mean uh, movie so nights? through this weird christian twitter community uh eventually since we're all locked down we're all you know just kind of on our couches on saturday nights anyway we decided to watch movies together and then oh. uh we we decided to watch movies together and then we would just be in a, a huge conversation in discord as the movie's going, we're watching in real time. And then at the end we'd hop on a zoom call. And so there's a couple of there, those there, I think Heather and I met through holes. Uh, but then afterwards uh, just kind of both of us knowing that we were involved in, in a little bit of like digital online ministry, kind of commenting on it 
And then eventually we just kept showing or, or sending people threads or sending other people's threads to one another going, Hey, did you see that? Did you see what someone was doing or saying or how they used one of the big ones that, that we talk about a lot is one of uh, our mutual friends said, did you see how she used her vulnerability? And that was a, a ministry that out of someone who wasn't necessarily a pastor was ministering and pastoring and, and shepherding and offering a way forward. So anyway, we just, we're both passionate about it and wanted to just talk like, how do we do this? Can we do this? What is social media ministry? So that's how the podcast got started. I love it. Sarah, how did you guys come up with this title? Pocket Pulpit, which I love, by the way, that is a good name. So for a couple years ago, I came across this Gabe Lyons quote that said, the next wave of Christian influence will come from the pews, not the pulpit. And so that stuck in my mind. And I thought about how social media is to modern Christianity, what the printing press was to like the 1400s. The printing press took the scriptures mm. out of the hands of the experts and placed it in the hands of the everyman. And social media is revolutionizing the church like that and in much the same way. It moved the pulpit into the hands of the everman, where, mm. where before the voice of Christian influence was restricted to those with the position closest to the microphone. Now everyone has a pulpit in their pocket that they can preach from at a moment's notice. And, and like in that new reality, there's two things we need to be aware of, and that is in a world where everyone has a pulpit in their pocket, we must be wise in who we let preach to us. And in the era um, where we all have pulpits in our pockets, we have to train as if we're all ministers. I love this. I love this. I'm going to be interviewed by you guys, I think in a couple weeks here. I hope everybody will go listen to an episode of Pocket Pulpit. Where can they find it? Uh, yeah, so we are... We're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, there's a couple other places there. Uh, I'm figuring out iTunes. I Spotify and iTunes, you know how they are. <laughs> They're just fighting. When you finish playing this episode, I want you to immediately go and look up Pocket Pulpit and see how you can support Sarah and Hector and share this with your friends. I think this is a show that every single Christian should want to listen to because we are a part of a priesthood of all believers, and that's the whole premise of Viral Jesus as well. So support them, get involved in their ministry, share it, and just be engaged as we all are doing social media ministry, even whether or not we're aware of it. Thank you so much, Sarah and Hector. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and rate us on your preferred platform. Next week, I am going to sit down with the guru of all things Instagram, Erin Moon. She is a Bible scholar and influencer and will make you laugh so hard you literally won't be able to breathe. See you next week on Viral Jesus. This episode was brought to you in part by the Better Samaritan Podcast, where Jamie Ayton and Kent Annan discuss everything from simple acts of kindness to complex humanitarian challenges with their guests. Want to learn how to faithfully do good better? Find insights at The Better Samaritan.